the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's my show, <laughs> the Andrea K. Show, not the DJ Jalapeno Show, who proceeded to argue with me last hour and re- involving a certain celebrity NFL couple. <laughs> uh huh. The Mac Daddy is back, filling in for DJ Potato Skins. And by the way, if you are happen to be listening, Skins, I meant to say this last hour. Hope you're having just the best honeymoon ever. We love you. We miss you, and can't wait to see you next week. All right. Uh, joining me now, like he does every Tuesday, is the one and only Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law. Heard every day here on the Answer San Diego and the Word on Wealth Show at two p.m. Pacific time. Kind of a celebrity in his own right and he joins me every Tuesday night to not just share important information on estate planning but also to share with you guys what's wacky what's wacky happening in the law it's quack and the whack and here he is <laughs> Gary <laughs> Quackenbush hello my dear <laughs> hi Andrea that's quite an introduction thank you very much that I, I'm, I'm the wacky lawyer you are <clears throat> well you've got the whack oh. every week you're quacking the whack right that's true and you know the the thing is there are wacky laws I mean the, I think I think the the funniest law that's actually a California law it's like enforceable in San Diego it's just a weird one that says that the only two things that you can deposit legally on a um, on a road in California from a moving vehicle uh, is water and feathers from a live bird. <laughs> there you go. You're making that up. Nope. <laughs> so why? Water and feathers from a live bird. So don't toss your coffee out the window. You know, don't 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 let, don't let your hair peel off. On it. It, it's because half of these wacky weird laws have to do with like. It was chicken farmers. Oh, you know, okay. Chickens flying out of their truck as they're driving down the road, and then and people go, "That's got to be illegal." So then, I guess some chicken farmers' brother that was related to the governor decided <laughs> to make a law that said chicken feathers them's okay. So. <laughs> Thank you for making sense. See, this is why uh, Quack Gary Quackenbush is the perfect guy to discuss the whack because he can make sense of the whack. Because I was sitting here thinking, what is somebody driving down the road plucking a chicken for dinner? Is that what's going on? So they're like doing meal, you know, doing meal preps right. on the way as home. As long as you can, as long as you have one hand on the wheel, you can okay. go ahead and pluck your chicken. <laughs> On the way home. <laughs> okay. All righty. So um, thank you. But for- what's really wacky is what you and I talked about yeah. when we were at Noah's wedding on yes. Sunday. And that was. Well, let me finish. That- and, and, we're, and we're not talking about the fact that Gary Quackenbush told the waitress that I was that I was DJ Carrot Sticks's mom. So that's not what we're talking well, about here. That's, I- <laughs> that's not what I said. I'm teasing it, you. It came out like it, <laughs> it was one of those moments where I, I have this thing in social situations where I, I kind of get. I like I'm enjoying myself a lot because I have a lot of you know my job is kind of intense sometimes yeah and I say things and I go I can't believe I just said that that is so weird and you know I'm an old guy now and I could 
see it as a teenager. I don't know. Things still happen. It, well, yeah, it made me laugh because it reminded me of one of my favorite Friends episodes where Monica's all <laughs> sad because her brother um, is, you know, getting married. And one of the bartenders at the wedding thinks that she's her brother Ross's mother. So, <laughs> so it made me laugh. <laughs> so oh, anyway, yeah, at the wedding, I was telling Gary that, um, y'all know, you longtime Andrea K. Show listeners know that estate planning is something I'm personally passionate passionate about and I heard over the weekend that Anne Haish on top of the fact that she died in such a tragic sad public way that on top of that the family having to deal with that which is horrific and bad enough now there's a major battle going on between ex-boyfriend father of her 13 year old and ex-husband father of her 19 year old her son who's now 19 an adult an adult and she died without a will and now it's just a really ugly mess so i asked gary if he could help us make some sense of this yeah because part of what's going on is you talk about wacky laws the the laws really a lot of times they don't make a lot of sense to people and part of our conversation was you know without i I don't have like all the facts of the Anne hastings i mean what a tragedy it's so sad to have that Mm. happen i mean we all die sometime we have no control over it we really don't and uh, so when our ticket is punched I always tell people, you know, there's two things that'll happen. One is because you're gone, there mean that means that people that are here left on this earth are going to be, you know, emotionally <clears throat> emotionally stressed out, emotionally damaged, you know, they have to deal with the emotions of it. <clears throat> it's like losing a parent mm-hmm. or a friend, you have to deal with it. And and once we get beyond that, then we've got to deal with all the other junk and that other junk is like your stuff because what about where you lived and what you drove and what you spent and your money and your utilities and your housing? All these things have to be dealt with. And if you don't make arrangements ahead of time, very specific arrangements ahead of time, it becomes this horrible disaster for your family. And the sad thing for me is that when that happens, because you don't have an estate plan or a trust or even a will and stuff like that set up, is then the this emotional loss, like, oh my gosh, this is sad and I miss this person and I really love them and all that, then it you have this really bad turn of emotions where you're like going, I am so mad at that person and I don't want to be mad because I lost them, but they left me this train wreck that I can't figure out. And I was talking to a guy about that literally this morning where we were talking about that. You know, he was, he was apologizing like, yeah, my dad, he had nothing. And, and, And they were going through probate for like two years finding, oh my gosh, we have another account that dad you know, we just found it and it's $200,000 and it took us a year and a half to find it because, you know, we were kind of searching through things and found this piece of paper and lo and behold. But it's like, we we just have to really be careful and realize that our relationships with people go beyond the grave because yeah. people are here. And, you know, with these estate plans, I... I always feel a little bit when you have people that are prominent and that have money and, you know, they have these advisors hauling them around. They have handlers to get them on their shows and to be famous and do all these things. And yet, where are the handlers that are taking care of their financial situation and their estate plan? And I mean, we're talking about, you know, Whitney Houston and Prince and, yeah. you know, and Anne and all these people that at, at, you know, that. and Michael Jackson is estate plan was a disaster. And it's like, well, why? Yeah, I, d- why I don't, don't they. Well, who are the people that that who who are the people I can say really what the heck? 
I think, well, I think that there, we're talking to Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law. I think that one of the things that happens probably with celebrities, and I don't know what Anne Heche's financial situation was. She continued to have a successful acting career. I think Mm -hmm. there's an assumption on the part of people's that there's so much money and there's kids that, so it's just, you know, cut and dried, right? And that's not the case. And what made this, this story, um, interesting to me was the fact that and one of the reasons why I brought it up to Gary Saturday at the wedding over the weekend was that she thought by sending an email she sent an email to ex-boyfriend baby daddy Tupper that said and I saw a screenshot of it that said look you know I my wish is to leave everything to Mr. Tupper and that he then will manage my estate and do right by my sons uh, until you know until such and such time. I don't remember what the, the de- deadline was on that. And um, he said that that should give him, um, b- given the absence of a will, that that should give him authority. But then the court said, no, 19-year-old son, in the absence of a will, 19-year-old son should be at least temporarily made uh, in mm-hmm. control of the estate. And I didn't understand why, if in her own words, she said, this is who should be managing me, managing my estate, I, you know, why would it go to the 19-year-old who didn't know, you know, who's mature enough at 19 to handle business? Yeah, exactly. Nobody. But what happens is because there wasn't any there wasn't any legally enforceable evidence. There wasn't anything to be able to establish. And, and my comment on that was if she sends an email to a financially responsible friend and says, hey, if something happens to me, I want you, you know, it, was it, um, you know, James Tupper, I want you to take care of my financial situation and make sure my kids are dealt with and all that stuff. And it's in an email. But it's like, who sent the email? The problem with emails is you think you got an email from me? It's not from me. It's whoever was at my keyboard. You know, and how many of us are our passwords? Everything are already in. So, who who sent the email? We don't know. So, there, it's not a legally enforceable document, an email. And you know, when you do a a will, it has to be witnessed by two people that sign it under the penalty of perjury, or it's got to be three people. And then, like a living trust, it has to be notarized because of what with the notary is independent. It doesn't get witnessed. It doesn't get you know somebody else's signature on it. Gets your signature, and it gets notarized because the notary says, "I identified that person. I saw him sign this. That's the person." That sign this document. And with law stuff, you have to have things of this certain level of legal competence. I had a person in my office just the other day, and her thing was, oh, I already amended my trust. I said, well, let me see your trust. We looked through the trust, and sure enough, it was you know this trust, and it was, it was notarized, and it looked good, and all the stuff. And she says, I've already amended it. And I said, well, show me the amendment. And it's just literally a letter that says... Um, I hear, but you know, I, I amend my trust to give all my money to so-and-so and then, and, and it was just a letter. It was signed. I said, that's not going to work. Why not? So I pull out the trust. I said, here's your signature on the trust. What follows that? A notary. I said, here's your signature on this note. What follows it? Just nothing. I said, so mm-hmm. who witnessed your signature? Who's the one that says you have to have the amendment to that trust, the same level of legal competence as the original trust. If the trust is notarized, the this change or the amendment has to be notarized. Um, it can be used as evidence. Like that's what happened in, in Hesh's case is like, you know, Tupper comes in and says, Hey, wait a minute. I got this email and they got to go. Well, we can use that as like intent, mm-hmm. but legally her heir, her son is the one that's actually inheriting property. He is a higher priority than a legal stranger. 
Because okay. exes are legal strangers. I guess she's yeah. thinking that because this is baby daddy, there's a DNA connection that that somehow, and, and he's older, that that somehow makes you know him the priority. So how long does this kind of situation take to, to resolve itself in terms of probate? Because what's the um, likelihood? I mean, she, yeah, she was a celebrity, continued to have a, a, a successful career, but she wasn't exactly Michael Jackson when it comes to wealth. How often right. do you, I mean, is this looking like, could her entire estate be sucked, bled dry by probate no it's going to be i mean it'll it'll be expensive with the fight as far as timing on a on a probate where everything is really straightforward and nobody objects and you do everything based on the deadlines as fast as you can go probates take about a year um, when you have any dispute at all you automatically double it so it's a couple of years sometimes it's three years if there's any amount of disputes, because every time you get to a certain point, you talk to the judge and they say, okay, we'll come back in three months and let's talk about this or come back in two months and let's talk about this. And if you go to a trial, you know, the judges are saying, okay, we can get you on trial calendar in about nine months. Well, you, you're already two months, two years, three years down the road. And now they mm-hmm. set trial out another six to nine months. So it's years to take care of these things. Um, you don't lose the entire state unless... Um, you're really battling over things that are significant. Like this, the, the issue is going to be who gets the money. We basically look at a chart and go, who are her kids? How many are there? And we divide it up based on that. Well, you know, so. it's just sad because, you know, I can't yeah. imagine being the kids. They've lost their mother, lost her in a horrific way. Uh, the images are still in videos still all over the Internet. I mean, what a, what mm-hmm. a way to lose a parent. And then, yeah. and, and you know, and there were issues in the family because she struggled with mental health stuff. And to think that this anguish is now, gen, you know, generational because now they've been left with a mess. And clearly, I, I believe she seemed like someone who really had a good heart. And, that, mm-hmm. and, and, and the pa- parents who leave these messes, it's not because they don't love their kids. It's that people don't understand the mess that they're leaving behind. And I think that's one reason why, as I've known people that have just, I, I know somebody that spent seven years in a battle with his siblings over mm-hmm. one house. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's like, why? Please don't, don't do this to your family. Don't do this to your kids. True. Exactly. And, you know, I think the number one reason why parents don't like set up guardians and all that is because as a parent, you can't get your brain to go there because what you have to do is think, okay, if I am dead, who takes care of my children? I can't go there. My brain won't do it. My brain says, no, you're the dad. You're raising this kid. So it's just to get my brain to disconnect from that and say, no, let's go reality. I could not be here to take care of my child. Who's going to do it? Well, she well cared nobody's enough- going to be as good. Right. What, but was she cared enough to do the email? So she was thinking yeah. about it. She just didn't know. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on. This is my news you can use. This is instead of just giving my opinions to people every night, which I'm happy to do, by the way. This is a part and of me giving my opinion. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, I think that this is really important, you know, for people's mm-hmm. lives. And I care about relationships and, um, you know, why why make things even worse on people? You know, it, it doesn't take a tremendous. I, I, I think people see it as something that's going to be uh, too expensive to do, that it's going to be too difficult to do. It's going to rate it, it's going to trigger a lot of emotions. But, you know, uh, tell everybody in 30 seconds, you know, that the process doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be miserable. It doesn't have to break the bank. And it's the right thing to do for their families. 
I mean, the average estate plan that we do takes two weeks. Literally, from start to finish, we're done in two weeks. It's all notarized, signed, sealed, delivered, everything ready to go in two weeks. It's not as expensive as you think. It's not as difficult. You don't have to get super fancy. You need the basics. A will, a trust, power of attorneys, the basics. And then once you've got the basics done, then you can get fancy and get really specific on how much money and pennies here and pennies there. But the basics are what's critical. If any of these celebrities had the basics, then there would be a lot less problems, a lot less heartache, because there would have been this declaration, legally enforceable declaration that says, this is what I want. So you don't have to guess. Here's what I want. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, mister. 855-500-TRUST, 855-500-TRUST, or go to my website, gqlaw.com, and you can get a free copy of my book. It's called Living Trust Basics. It's right there on my website, Living Trust Basics. It'll download for free at gqlaw.com. Andrea, thank you so much for letting me be on your show today. You're so kind to share this time with me. Well, thank you for for being here. And I love what you do so much that I'm willing to forgive you for saying <laughs> that, uh, telling the waitress that I was Carrot Sticks' mom. No, seriously, just just teasing you, my dear. All right. Thanks so much, hon. Talk to you next week. <laughs> thanks, right. Andrea. Have a good one. You too. Bye, now, you guys stick around because we got more to come on the other side of the break. A UK corner actually listed Instagram as a cause of death for a 14-year-old girl. Come on back. Let's talk about it on the Andrea K. Show. We got a crime wave that's, you know, shockingly bad across this country. And I'm watching during the break. I saw, I didn't hear about the story over the weekend. I don't know if you guys did. On Sunday, two 19-year-old girls were pummeled and robbed by a crazed mob wearing neon green jumpsuits on a Manhattan train. And as if that's not bad enough... The men on the subway, and I'm watching the video, they sat there and did nothing. Sat there and did nothing. This is where we're at in the United States. This is a product of men being turned into the attacks on men and toxic masculinity. And, um, you know, here here we are, right? Um, uh, this is also could be, some of this could be blamed on feminism, right? You women said you didn't need any men to come and protect you. This is absolutely disgusting. Later on, uh, we've got a shocking report uh, coming out of uh, the media, maybe not so shocking to you, about uh, this being an issue in the midterm elections. But right now, there's this story that really tugged at my heart today. And it's it's a downer of a story, but I just feel like I felt compelled to talk about it because so much we're talking about social media and how they're controlling our elections by um, pushing COVID crap that we disagree with or stopping us from sharing the truth about COVID and the shots or the way social media uh, controlled, suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop story and taking election fraud out of it. A huge percentage of Biden voters said they would not have voted for Biden had they known about the Hunter Biden laptop story. But one of the things we don't talk about much on this show, and I'm not hearing a whole lot of talking about, is the effects of mental health on our young people with social media. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm one that's really big on individual responsibility and individual liberty. Um, I'm somebody that believes that if, you know, you blame, uh, what did Ronald Reagan say? We've got to resist the, we've got to resist the impulse to when um, somebody commits an act of crime that we blame society for it. You know, like we, we don't believe in, in gun control here. We blame the individual, not the gun. But this story has given me pause. A UK coroner listed cause of death of a 14-year-old girl as Instagram. 
she she took her own life. She committed suicide in 2017. But he described her death as, quote, an act of self-harm whilst suffering from depression and the negative effects of online content. And I was thinking about this because I don't know if you guys are familiar with a story to where a girl was convicted, a a teenage girl was convicted of goading her boyfriend via text messaging into committing suicide. And I had a little bit and there's actually a Netflix series about it. And I and I struggled with that because did she really make him kill himself? Can somebody really make somebody is somebody really responsible for encouraging somebody else to take their life? Here's what he described uh, in the court hearing. Um, his name is the coroner. His name is Andrew Walker. And he was given the task of determining how responsible social media content algorithms are for the mental health of underage users. And um, at one point during the inquest, he described the content that Russell liked or saved as so disturbing that he found it almost impossible to watch. He said he could he couldn't rule her death as a suicide um, because of what he saw, because of the way the algorithms worked to a, and, and, and affected her. He came to the decision based on her, quote, prolific browsing of Instagram, liking, sharing and saving 16,300 posts in the six months leading up to her death. She had saved 5,739 pins on Pinterest. See, in the same amount of time for me, Pinterest, isn't that where people go for like decorating tips and recipes? I had no idea that Pinterest was pushing out. Um, all these uh, uh, posts um, like Instagram and Pinterest that were pushing out all of these posts that encourage people and glorify self-harm and suicide. Walker stated that the platforms operated in such a way using algorithms as a result in some circumstance of binge periods of images, video clips and text, which, quote, romanticized acts of self-harm and, quote, sought to isolate and discourage discussion with those who may have been able to help. It's bad enough here that they not only and we know that these algorithms are meant to create an addiction to social media. That's already been documented. I've talked about it here on my show about how many of these people who work in tech and who are in um, these social media uh, companies and they work on these algorithms. Many of them have their children go to a school in Northern California that don't use any devices and their children are not allowed to use a device or have any social media account because of the way these algorithms on the social media sites as well as the gaming sites are intentionally designed to create an addiction. That's bad enough, but that they suppress and discourage any discussion of somebody who might be able to help. That's where, because initially I'm like, you know, still, you know, can we really blame somebody else or an institution for somebody's taking their life? Do you think that's fair? 888-344-1170. Or do you still think that when it comes to a teenager, it's still that individual's choice in that moment that they own that act? Where do you think the responsibility lies? I'm really torn here as I read this. The families uh, issued a statement saying that, quote, this past fortnight has been particularly painful for our family. We're missing Molly more agonizingly than usual, but we hope that the scrutiny this case has received will help prevent similar deaths encouraged by the disturbing content that is still to this day available on social media platforms, including, including those run by Meta because Instagram is run by Facebook. 
Um, they've got a point here, or do they? Uh, I mean, you know, we still can't. I'm I'm restricted. I'm shadow banned. I'm put in Facebook jail all the time for doing what? It, putting an, on an opinion out there. I'm being told that I I I'm I'm being uh, got uh, warnings put over like the on nine eleven every year every year the the falling man the falling I'm not allowed to show that picture. They always take it down and say it violates community guidelines for me to post a picture of somebody who was forced to jump to his death on 9-11 because of the terrorist attack. But yet all of this stuff encouraging self-harm of teenagers and the algorithms that get them sucked into this are still on meta. Internal Facebook documents, this is from Breitbart, by the way, or Daily Mail. Um, Internal Facebook documents show that the company knows that the Instagram platform is toxic for teen girls. According to Wall Street Journal, they reported 32% of teen girls said that when they felt that uh, when they felt bad about their bodies, Instagram made them feel worse. Uh, The researchers said that in a March 2020 slide presentation uh, posted to Facebook's internal message board. Uh, Quote, comparisons on Instagram can change how young women view and describe themselves. Uh, Quote, we make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls, said one slide from 2019, summarizing research about teen girls who experience the issues. Uh, Teens blame Instagram for increases in the rate of anxiety and depression, said another slide. This reaction was unprompted and consistent across all groups. Among teens who reported suicidal thoughts, 13% of British users and 6% of American users trace the desire to kill themselves to Instagram. So they can literally trace back desires to kill themselves to Instagram. Who's ultimately responsible? If these are teens, is it, where's the par- parental responsibility to not let your kids sit there on these social media devices? I don't know. At the end of the day, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm concerned because as, as a conservative, do I support censorship in any way? Because if I'm to say that this has to come down, then I, then at what point do we encourage these social media sites to decide what's information that should be out there? What opinion should be out there? What content should be out there? If, if I put all the blame on Instagram and Facebook and, and don't, don't put any blame on the individual or the parents of these teens. If I had a teenager, their they, their device would only be allowed to uh, text me when it was time for me to come pick them up from school or to coordinate something or that they needed, needed a ride. I would not have a kid with a smart device. And if they had to use it for school, oh, well, I'm not sure if I had a kid right now, they'd be in a public school that would require them to use a device. That's my take on that. All right. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back. Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker, man. He just apparently stepped in it back 20, 30 something years ago. Why is the left suddenly going after Herschel Walker? We're going to talk about that when we come back. Don't go away. This is the Andrea K. Show. and name 1170. The answer, San Diego. Okay. So Herschel Walker. Okay, um, finally the left decides, as Herschel Walker, um, they, they've been dismissing Herschel Walker as though he was just calling him just a stupid uh, former football player, trying to run him down because uh, how could this you know African-American man, particularly one who grew up from the South, I'm not that familiar with Herschel Walker's football career. 
Um, all I know of him is, you know, he's a really handsome guy. You know, when I've seen interviews from him, you know, he certainly seems as though he's authentic in terms of his views as a conservative. Um, the left didn't seem to be concerned about him at all. They were dismissing him now uh, in his race against Warnock in Georgia. And now suddenly as things are tightening up down there and they are concerned about Herschel Walker on top of the fact um, that they're desperate to have Roe v. Wade and abortion back up as a voting issue for the midterms, for which it's not. And I've got some information on that in a minute. Uh, the left has come out and decided to attack Herschel Walker with an, a, a report. This is their smoking gun for why the citizens of Georgia should not vote uh, for Herschel Walker for Senate, is that supposedly back in 2009, 13 years ago, that he supposedly wrote a check, and, they, and the left has, has shown a copy of a $700 check that Walker paid um, to his girlfriend, supposedly for her to have an abortion. And the reason why this is apparently scandalous is because Herschel Walker uh, has supported a 15-week ban on abortion. And he's even said he would go further. Further, um, He has claimed that the report is defamatory and promised to file uh, a lawsuit on Tuesday, which he has not done yet. Um, look, if this is all they've got on Herschel Walker... This tells me he's in really good shape in Georgia, and we need to be supporting him. And let me tell you, I don't know if he paid for that abortion in 2009. But are we as conservatives, and I've said this before, this is one of the reasons why Herschel Walker isn't backing down from this. He's taken a, he's taken a card out of Trump's playbook, um, taken a play out of Trump's playbook, which was Trump never backed down. At one point, Trump was very much pro-choice, and he talked on the campaign trail about why He changed his position on that, and he ended up being the most pro-life president we've ever had in the history of this country, even more than Ronald Reagan. But so so let's say that Herschel Walker paid for that abortion. My answer is so. Does that mean that that does that mean that he's not legitimate and honest and authentic when he says that he's pro-life now? No, he supports a ban on, on abortion at 15 weeks. That's his stated position. Was that abortion in 2009, if he paid for it? Was it before 15 weeks? There's no there there. There's no there there. This is, this is a phony, and, and I'm glad that uh, Florida Senator Rick Scott, who's chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, is standing behind him, as well as other conservatives, as well as they should be. Um, I'm not sure who said this here, but Democrats are losing. Here's what uh, Scott had to say about it. Democrats are losing in Georgia and on the verge of losing the majority. So they and their media outlets are doing what they do, attacking Republicans with innuendo and lies. And on top of it, uh, and on top of it, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get abortion back into the minds of the American people to try to make it become a voting issue in the midterms. And it's not. I talked about a little bit ago about this green, this mob of uh, young women that were obviously uh, uh, African-American women in green leotards as a mob attacking these young girls on a Manhattan train. You know, that's not even the worst of the crime wave that's happening in this country. That's just kind of a weird story. Um, but it, it, the crime is the number one issue right now for voters. Hopefully I'm going to get this right. I want to play this clip for you guys. This is a, I, I, either on CNN or MSNBC talking about crime as an issue uh, in the midterms as opposed to uh, abortion. 
this number is, is actually even shocked me. Listen to this. The crime and abortion, because both of those, their placement on that chart was surprising me. So I was interested. What are people searching for on Google? What is it that comes to their mind? So this is Google searches crime versus abortion, the percentage among those who search for either. Look, around the time that Roe v. Wade was overturned in June, crime was just at 30 percent of all the searches that people were searching between crime and abortion. Abortion was at 70 percent. In May, again, abortion higher than crime. In July, it was basically tied. Abortion slightly higher than crime. But look now in September. Crime, 71 percent to just 29 percent for abortion. That is basically back to the pre-Roe v. Wade overturning sort of baseline where we were back in April where crime was making up 74 percent of the searches versus abortion at just 26 percent. In this me- Wow. 71 percent. Let me tell you, that is not a Republican issue. That's a Republican, Democrat and independent issue. That's why they're trying to dredge this up against Herschel Walker and not just because they want to take him out, but in part they are desperate to try to change the conversation away from the crime wave that we're happening, that we've got happening in this country and try to make it be about abortion. And it's not going to work. We're going to take a break. When we come back, what fun disco song or or fun tune is DJ Jalapeno going to play when we come back? Don't go anywhere. This is the Andrew K show on AM 1170. The answer. Okay. Before the break, I was talking about Herschel Walker and how they're and what that's about is really not just about trying to take out Herschel Walker, but trying to get people back to refocus on Roe v. Wade. It's not going to happen. Crime is at 71 percent as an issue for voters, not uh, abortion. And then here was a clip that I was going to play uh, last night to get around to. It has to do with Latino voters. This is another uh, reason why they're really concerned right now, um, because um, what the Democrats want to push as uh, issues in the election don't match the electorate, including one of the most important identity groups and voting blocs, and that's the Latinos. Maria, you were a Democrat and you are now a Republican. Why? Because uh, the fact that the Democratic Party has changed a lot and identify more with the uh, Republican Party. What things? Well, we're for God, country, family, and hard work. Jose used to vote blue, too. Now he's also a Republican and most concerned with immigration and beefing up border security. What are the concerns that you have about immigration? The fact of the matter is that we, you know, we don't feel safe anymore. They don't feel safe anymore. And he and, and it, that he actually said we don't feel safe anymore in response specifically to an immigration question. But it's not just about immigration. Right. We're not safe anywhere in, 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 in this country anymore. But it's interesting how when this gentleman, Jose, was asked about immigration, he specifically talked about not feeling safe. This is one reason why the border czar Kamala Harris has gone nowhere near the border. They know this is a failing issue for them. And they're bleeding out the Latino voters. But even more important, even more disturbing for the Democrats is when the couple initially in, in the, that clip there asked why Latino voters are shifting to the GOP. And she says, we're for God, country, family and hard work conservative values that are nowhere to be found in the Democrats uh, transing of children and uh, uh, the push for gender non-binary crap like Latin X. That's not a part of the Latino not on board with the CRT that's being shoved in our schools. And they're, they're also not about the entitlement programs. They're not about they're about hard work. They're not about people flooding into this country and getting to live off of them. Right. 
So the Democrats have much reason to be concerned. And what we need to be doing is we need to be doing our part in terms of continuing to talk to people. We need to be signing up to work the polls. Midterms are only 30-something days away. What are we doing to help? Instead of just sitting around, we know what the issues are. We know we, we Republicans are on the right side of the issues. We need to be looking to ourselves and say, what can we be doing? If we've got money to that we can spend on a campaign, don't give it to the national people. Maybe you might want to give it to Herschel Walker. Maybe you might want to support Tudor Dixon running for governor in Michigan. That's a really important race. Maybe you want to support Carrie Lake. I absolutely, I, I, I don't want to take her for granted in terms of her winning. We absolutely need her in Arizona. And I tell you, going forward, we need her to not just win Arizona because we need her as governor of Arizona. We need to propel her towards the White House. That's how I see Carrie Lake going forward. We need to help Blake Masters in Arizona in his run. We also need to be helping um, uh, J.D. Vance in Ohio. We've got races all across this country. And then more importantly, at the local level, we need to be paying attention to who's running at all the races from DA, school boards, city councils. We need to be willing to work the polls. Um, Kamala Harris stepped in it when she claimed that hurricane relief was going to be doled out via the economy. Corrine Jean-Pierre actually admitted today that she wasn't mistaken when she said that, that that's for coming up down the road long-term programs. So clean up on aisle two involved the truth, which I already said was the plan going forward. Hey, thanks for being here tonight. Thanks for enjoying my tunes with me. Thanks you, Gary Quackenbush. We'll see you tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.